When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And he takes the snap. Back to throw. Under pressure. Avoids the rush. And he's going to fight out of it. Still fights out of it. Now throws it deep downfield. Wide open Tyree who makes the catch. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Inside the 1 o'clock hour on The Fan, Keith McPherson, this is KM to 2 a.m. So if you'd like to join the show, 877-337-6666, this is my last run. For the entire week, and uh, before we end things, I'll give you my picks for Week 10. And I mean, nobody knows how it's going to go, but we're going to talk baseball a little bit right here as today was an interesting day for me. Like I told you in my open, uh, Cameron Mabin replied to my tweet about how I feel like the veteran Yankees, the decorated Yankees that have MVPs and All-Stars, Cole's about to get his Cy Young, Guys have batting titles and World Series championships. Well, only one with a World Series championship in Rizzo. But I feel like these guys are in it to win it. They came here to be the next team to win a World Series for the Yankees to win 28. And then you also have some young guys like Anthony Volpe, who today was at the MLB uh, flagship store here in New York City. He just won his gold glove. And uh, he joked around saying that he ran into Jason Hayward a couple weeks ago, and he said he'd look good without a beard on. Maybe. I'm not really interested in Jason Hayward. I remember some years ago there was talk about Jason Hayward. I think Jason Hayward told the story about how he almost became a Yankee. But, man, the more I think about this offseason, the more I think that the Yankees are going to just say we have enough and do some little moves and some little things to improve around the margins, but no real big Move, And I think that after what Brian Cashman just did, you kind of need that, right? Because the whole fan base seems like they're upset. The whole fan base seems like they're down on the club. After going 82-80, and 80, I don't know how many fans expect this team to be able to win a World Series next year. So you need a Juan Soto-type move. I'm not so wild about Cody Bellinger anymore, but if it happened, I would applaud it and say, yeah, good, at least they went for it. And I don't expect them to get... Shohei Otani, but maybe they can land Yashinobu Yamamoto. And yeah, today was interesting for me online because I said these guys are all in it to win it. And I said, you know, Cole goes nowhere. Yankee fan today, tomorrow, forever. He set up shop in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, He's got two little boys, a wife. He's going to finish his career as a Yankee as he dreamed uh, when he was a little boy to be here in New York. And, And Judge, you know, Judge gets the big deal, and he decides that he wants to stay. And I mentioned John Carlos Stanton, who when he left Miami, there were not too many places that he was willing to go. New York was obviously one, and Cameron Mabin weighed in to say, I don't know about him wanting to finish his career. You know, this guy, from in my opinion, he's been dragged every year. Fans have booed him uh, from the first year he got here. It's crazy to think he's going on year seven as a Yankee. And even when he did perform well in the postseason, the Yankees came up short. And now it seems like, man, when people talk about how you improve the Yankees, what you need to do, everybody's pointing at him and his contract. Because for the money that he makes and the lack of production, it seems like that's the biggest hole on the team. When the guy can't run the bases and he's striking out a bunch 
and you're pinch hitting him, expecting him to hit a home run, which never happens. It's tough for a guy with a three hundred twenty-five million dollar contract. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Call me up with your Yankee thoughts and takes. Alex Verdugo was another storyline today that hit the timeline. I don't I don't understand why uh, Yankee fans get so upset and buy into this, but Alex Verdugo is going to be on the block. I don't think that the Yankees are dumb enough to do a swap him for Glaber Torres, but man, people were bugging out about it, and uh, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I just couldn't see it. That's not a guy I can see in pinstripes. You know, speaking of Volpe telling Hayward uh, he'd look good without a beard, Verdugo would look weird without a beard. And this guy literally wears gold grills and chains and. I don't think he'll fit the Yankee way. He just doesn't look like a Yankee to me. And I don't think the Yankees are doing business with the Red Sox straight up. I know there, there were some rumblings about Clark Schmidt last year as well. Let's see. The article says, uh, according to Major League sources, the Red Sox identified Yankee second baseman Glaber Torres as a trade target last season with Alex Verdugo being of interest to New York. And uh, it was Rob Branford from WEIE. Shout out to Rob. Rob had me on his podcast, Baseball Isn't Boring, last season and I tip my cap to you Rob you uh you as a as a Red Sox fan as a Boston radio host you sure did figure out how to get under the skin of a lot of Yankee fans with this story so it's uh it said Boston has made it known that they're looking for a new second baseman and they've been linked to a few players like all-star Whit Merrifield it sounds like he may not be the only option the club is considering and the Red Sox uh, he may he may not be the only option the club is considering, and the Red Sox even may look to inquire with the New York Yankees. And this was all according to Rob Branford. So I guess Rob wrote the article and talked about it on air, and man, it blew up. But I don't think it's a real thing. Like I said, Cashman was just speaking on Glaber Torres as one of the better second basemen in the American League, and even if he's talking him up, that's true. And the Yankees aren't in a position to move on from Glaber Torres you know, right now until they get some other bats. You can't get rid of your second hottest hitter, in my opinion, until you get some replacements. And the other storyline, if you guys want to talk about it, is Giancarlo Stan. I don't think it's a real thing. I think it was cool for hot stove chatter and Yankee fans to weigh in on because Cameron may have been a former Yankee and teammate twice of Giancarlo Stan replied to my tweet. He's uh, somebody I consider an acquaintance, a friend, but... Him suggesting that John Carlos Stanton may want to end his career elsewhere where he's more appreciated, I think that's just a suggestion. And he said it himself he'll leave it there. He's not putting words in his mouth. But uh, we haven't heard that from from Stanton. I think Stanton wants to be a Yankee. I think he wants to win here. Uh, he gets paid a lot of money to be here, and I think he wants to you know, train and, and work out so that he can stay healthy and put a full season together. 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Jimmy and Sleepy Hollow on the fan. What's up, Jim? Hey Keith, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Thanks for holding. I love the uh, last point you just made about Stan. I know Stan is an easy target. <laughs> it's, it's it's unbelievable. He, he he stunk last year, but a few years ago he was almost the MVP of the team, and 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 Judge was the MVP of the league. But Stanton is kind of how he moves. But what I want to talk about, if, if it's okay with you, is let's start getting younger a little bit. Let's start talking about Soto. Let's start talking about Yamamoto. 
And I know we are, our, our payroll is through the roof, even for the Yankees through the roof, but we have an opportunity to make a trade and get one of the best players in baseball who is less than 26 years old. And Yamamoto, we have an opportunity. The bid's coming out in the next week, and we have 45 days to put our bid in. We have an opportunity to get two players that are under 26 years old around this team and all of a sudden turn this around pretty quickly. Keith, I just want your want your thoughts on that. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's I mean, if they can make those moves, let's let's just play the game that they do make that trade, they do make that signing. That fires up the fan base. That gets me excited. That gets me pumped because that adds an ace to your rotation along with Garrett Cole. We're unsure what Nestor Cortez is going to be. Can Clark Schmidt do it again? Can Michael King be stretched out to be a starter? Right. Goodbye, Luis Severino. Um, that you, the Yamamoto guy. If you actually win that sweepstakes, it's like wow. All right, I was a big Tanaka guy, so yeah, he might be Tanaka 2.0 or better. And then you know, Bleacher Report put out the top ten landing spots for Juan Soto, and they listed the Yankees number one. They also had the Mariners at two, the Red Sox at three, the Mets at four, the Giants at five. I won't give you the rest of the list, but it just makes so much sense to go get Juan Soto. Because all you've heard is Yankee fans cry about how you pass on these other generational talents like Corey Seager, like Bryce Harper, like Manny Machado. So there's a guy that you can get without having to sign him right now, right? You can just make the right. trade. That's another thing. Yankee fans cry about the trades that you didn't make and how you hugged on the prospects. Well, if you can get A.J. Preller on the phone and figure out how to get Juan Soto over here, it would energize the fan base. And then that would be the left fielder that you've so sorely missed the last few years that you've been saying you need a left fielder. That would be the left-handed power bat that you need in your lineup that you sorely missed all of these last couple of years. I'm, I'm right there with you, Jimmy. In theory, those are the two big moves. Do I trust Brian Cashman to get them done? I do not. Keith, I mean, I, I, I believe it. But who would you give up for it? For Juan Soto? I feel yeah. like nobody is off limits. Obviously, Volpe now, after the year he had and winning the gold glove, he's off limits. But I'd send Peraza. And Dominguez, I, in theory, I want to see the Martian be a Yankee because, as you say, get younger. I mean, that kid's 20 years old. First swing in his major league career, he takes Verlander deep. I want him to be there. So I guess Volpe and Dominguez are the only two guys that I wouldn't send. But Peraza, fine. Trey Sweeney, definitely uh, Spencer Jones, sure thing. Spencer, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's, there's an opportunity for us to, like, because the thing is, we can't wait. We're not going to have the opportunity for a free agent to come available at 31. We've already done this before, right? We've seen that free agent come available at 29. And, and your, 30, your, your current guys that, like, you have the best pitcher in baseball, he's 33. Right. We're going to wait, though. And you we're gonna you wait. have the best hitter in baseball, He's 31. John Carlos Stanton, if he works out and trains and whatever and gets right, he's 33. Rizzo, I think, is is 33. DJ LeMayu, I think, is 35. Like, you, you don't have any more time. Amen. Amen. Rizzo is 34. DJ LeMayu, and both of them we saw, you know, and I I, I, I want to leave Rizzo out of it because he was concussed. Um, right. So this year what we saw out of him, we can't really say, oh, he's getting old. But, like, DJ we saw him not look great. DJ is 35. He, he didn't look great, but something happened with him and Sean Casey where he did figure it out again at the end of the year. Maybe he gets back All to right. form this year, 
And you you pair those guys with your young guys like Volpe, Peraza, Wells, Cabrera, Pereira, whatever. And if you can put a Yamamoto in this rotation and a Juan Soto in the outfield, the team would look a lot different. It would feel a lot different. And I think the fan base would feel a lot better about their chances to compete. The American League East alone, they have to compete in. And those are moves right there that, that could put you right back in the mix. And Baltimore is dangerous. Baltimore is so good, and they're just building. The fact they have a they have a crappy. They're owner, in their but, window, right? And you speak of their crappy yeah. owner. They're not going to pay those kids in three, four, five right. years. They're right. in their window right now to win. They might spend the money to go get an ace, right? There's some pitchers available this year, but like that's the thing. That's what they've been missing. Um, there also was a, a thought that the Yankees might go after Anthony Santander. I think that's more of a right. cashman move. Than, than the big fish in Soto, but they they gotta go ahead. They all of the I mistakes agree. they they missed and all of the the trades they missed and the thing. There's no more misses anymore. You can't give us a, a Ben Rort vet IKF Josh Donaldson trade this year. You said that so well, Keith. There's no more swings and misses. We have an opportunity to get someone that should never ever have the opportunity to be a free agent ever. We have this guy that is perfect for us, perfect for the Yankees. And he's 25 years old. We have to get him. It doesn't matter what it takes. And then you sign him to whatever it takes. Forget about who's going to become a free agent when they're 31 years old. We have him. Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman, you're so pissed off. You're so agitated. You feel like the world's against you. One quick way to have everybody jump right back on you. You know, like. Go go get Juan Soto, and everybody Amen. everybody will forget Amen. all about the uh, Jordan Montgomery trade, Joey Gallo. Amen, brother. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. 877-337-6666. My show is going to burn up in 40 minutes. i got to pick up the pace. Nick is in St. Louis. Nick, you're on the fan. First off, great show. I hear you all the way from St. Louis. Appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. I just want to say, yeah, Yankees need to big, make a big splash. This off season, like we've been saying, they need another A wide without all the drama. But we to get to number twenty eight, I think we could do it. I'm a Yankee Connors fan. When the Yankees come here, definitely go to the game. I've been to New York, I love it. Yeah, you've watched Good the Cardinals time. the last couple of years dominate the Yankees when they go to Bush Stadium. I, I can't wait to go to that stadium. I, that's one That's one of the stadiums that I've had circled on my list for a long time and just haven't gotten to. And the Yankees have gone back-to-back years, but I had a kid, so couldn't get out there. <laughs> when I, I follow you on Twitter, but let me know. We could, I could... I, like uh, I'll catch dinner with you. Or take it out to ice cream. Would love, would love to see the place. Would love to meet you. I've been to 16 ballparks. That's that's one that uh, is definitely on the list, man. The Yankees, the Yankees got to return to glory, and they know that. And I think yeah. Cashman feels the pressure, and he knows that he can't just give us a couple weak signings, trades. Like he's got to go big here. Exactly. So, thanks for the call, Nick. And uh, if you're still listening, I dropped the call. But tweet at me. Make yourself visible on Twitter. We'll set something up. Let's go to my guy, Roscoe in Brooklyn. Roscoe, what you got for me? I I could have sworn we had a left field porch where we needed a left-handed hitter to hit home runs. Right, for us. Yeah, right field. Like, but, yes, <laughs> for, right field, for years, for, for years, Yankee Stadium has been built for left-handed power. And, and why haven't and why haven't we tried to? Because like, Greg Bird was supposed to solve that problem. Yeah, Greg Bird, <laughs> uh, 
Rizzo. Who else? Who else? Uh, Joey wait, Gallo. Wait, 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 wait. That's what I was about to say. Joey <laughs> Gallo, number 13. And A-Rod was mad that they didn't retire his number. <laughs> Yo, that I thought that was hilarious. He called in the Evan and Tiki, and he said it straight up. He wasn't pleased. I, I, wasn't pleased. Uh, you know they, they gave they gave A Rod's number to the worst Yankee hitter in the last, I think, forever. Statistically, I think Gallo was one of the worst Yankee hitters ever. And then the, uh, the notion of of Cashman going, I don't know who he was talking to. Was he talking to uh, what's his name? Um, John Heyman. John Heyman, like John Heyman, who used to be a, a WFAN, you know, guy that they. I'm familiar with John. I'm familiar. I, yep, okay. I, I don't know what happened with the, you know, with the relationship between WFAN and John Heyman. But you know what? Cashman is a fraud, bro. Like, you over here talking about the fans are not happy that we didn't catch. And of course we're not happy. Dude, we're not happy with you. How about that? And Boone is coming back. Okay, we knew Boone was coming back. What are we going to do about it, though, uh, Keith? They're, like, they, they, gonna, but see, that's the thing, Roscoe. We're, so we're not happy. Because they think that they can keep making mistakes and stay the same, and it's cool. It's not cool with us, but it's cool with them. But we didn't even make the playoffs, Keith. <laughs> I know. Make the playoffs. I'm out. I'm out. Look, we got. Thanks for the call, Roscoe. We got embarrassed all year, right? Like I remember, my son was born, and I couldn't get the game on the TV in the hospital, but I brought my MacBook, and. The Yankees go down nine runs in the first inning against the Minnesota Twins. I closed my MacBook so fast. I'm like, I'm not, I don't need to watch the Yankees. I'm, I'll literally just stare at my firstborn son all night until I fall asleep. I'm supposed to watch him anyway. <laughs> but then the Twins went on to win the season series against the Yankees for like the first time in some 20, 25 years. And then all year that was a theme. You just heard me talk to Nick in St. Louis about how the last place Cardinals beat the Yankees in the series. The Yankees go to Oakland to face those bums, drop the first game. The last place Rockies, they lose to them. They get swept by the Anaheim Angels. The last series of this season, folks. The Kansas City Royals were fighting to not break the record for their worst season in their existence. They took two out of three from the Yankees and tied the record at 106 losses. But those guys had more fight than the Yankees. Remember Carlos Rodon's episode? Terrible. Gave that game up. Kansas City, the, the, the Royals had more fight than the New York Yankees. They embarrassed us. They embarrassed the old-time Yankee fans that called WFAN and say, I've been a Yankee fan since 1965. They embarrassed you. You could not wear your Yankee hat around. You could not talk about, oh, all the things you saw from Mickey Mantle to Derek Jeter to Aaron Judge because they were disgraceful. And it was disgraceful how Brian Cashman got in front of those microphones, cameras, iPhones, media members, and tried to fight back and stand on the fact that he said, I think we're pretty effing good. You, you are what your record says you are. This was one of the worst Yankee teams we've ever seen. I've been watching the Yankees for 30 years. This was the worst season I've seen. They couldn't score more than three runs. And the eternal GM comes out there to defend himself 
and make more of a fool of himself than all of us. It does. It's not a good time for the Yankees right now. I only see one way to fix this. They have to have a hell of an offseason and a hell of a season to get back to the postseason and, dare I say, win 28. Can they do it? I think they can do it. I didn't think the Rangers could do it. I didn't, you know, we don't, nobody knows. But I know they can't get it done with IKF out there. They can't get it done with Billy McKinney and Franchi Cordero and Willie Calhoun and the cast of characters that no other baseball teams want. Cashman, you can't do it anymore. Those tricks, you you got you got through 2019, right? You got through 2019 with the Mike Talkmans and Mike Fords and, and Tyler Wades. Can't keep doing that. You got to stack the deck. Look at the Texas Rangers. Their lineup was incredible. They put they put their whole infield in the All-Star game. 877-337-6666. Speaking of the Texas Rangers, how about the New York Rangers? My guy Mike and Merrick back on the fan. Yes, I am, Keith. Yo. 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 Yo, Keith, how about those Rangers tonight? They're good. Every every night that I you know, watch them play. I, I don't watch the full game, but then I look up. I'm like, okay, they're coming back. And then I read the articles and I read Twitter. And the the Rangers are a good team. They they have a good team this year. They have a good coach. And I think that man deserves a lot of credit. And, Keith, I'm going to tell you and all those Rangers fans, Rangers will go 82-2. and 82-2. and two. Well, they're 10-2-1 right now. Mike, I think we've had this conversation. I know, but I want all the Rangers fans to think Rangers don't make the Stanley Cup. Well, this would be a hell of a year to make a run at it. The last few years they flirted with it. I thought two years ago that you know they were a sure thing to get there uh, if they you know get guys back, maybe make some moves at the deadline and keep up this pace. I certainly think it could happen. I'm on record. I know it was Evan. I might not have said it on air, but Evan came out and said to me, you know, out of all the teams, who do you think? And this was this was before the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. I said the Rangers. And when you look at them now and you look at all of the teams, do we think the Mets or the Yankees or the Knicks or the Nets are going to win the whole thing? No. I would love to see my Devils win it, but Salicato will tell you the Devils don't count. <laughs> the Islanders, I don't think the Islanders are winning it. If the Rangers win the Stanley Cup, there will be one hell of a parade in New York City. But, Keith, you know why? Mm-mm. Why? I will explain that to you. But the New York Rangers, I did not like Coach Kalan. He didn't do anything to us. <laughs> so now, I like uh, this guy. Peter Lavalette, this is your he guy? Got, it's so much better. He changed the lines. He goes back and forth. Stephen Goldie tonight. He put in a Third string goalie. goalie. Guys are banged up, and that's why I made my Casamigos big shot, Louis Deming. I'm like, what a story. And he did it. Well, he, he called that shot, and it worked out, and you love to see it. I, I was talking to, uh, you know, Nico for Hart on Twitter, and he said, yeah, good uh, Casamigos big shot. You know, Louis Domingue played a few games for the Devils a few years ago. I'm, I'm glad I thought to make him the guy tonight. Give him some light. And here comes the Rangers, baby. 81-2. and 81-2. and two. That's going to be hard to do, and I don't think that's the right math. But thanks for the call, Mike. 
66-66. Let's break it down. I've got 30 minutes to go, and it's going to go. This is my last show of the week, so when we come back, I'll hit you with my NFL picks for Week 10. I'll take the rest of my calls. We'll wrap things up, and uh, Fleegs is on tonight, so look forward to Fleegs filling in for C-Mac. Keep McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Well, in the end, it's the Knicks at land Carmelo Anthony from Denver. And Amari Stoudemire happy that he's on hand. Stoudemire addressing the media today says the team will be hard to guard now. Likes the idea of having that one-two punch. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. picks it's not how you'll get the money at all so do not write anything down do not follow my lead but we'll roll through the uh, week 10 spreads odds and over unders and whatnot and i'll tell you what i think i put a little ticket together on FanDuel, and i mean i'm not gonna bet it i don't think i'm betting it this week at all i think i want to wait like i'm so cooked betting the nfl season i'm down a few racks <laughs> where i'm like i gotta stop so that I can bet the playoffs. I'd rather just wait till the playoffs, and I think that's a, a a better opportunity. So the Indianapolis Colts versus the New England Patriots, 9.30 a.m. in Germany. The Colts are minus one-and-a-half favorites. I just don't think that the Patriots are good. All the talk about them firing Bill Belichick, like I would take the Colts with that one-and-a-half. Um, I don't really have too much else to say about it. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. The 49ers at Jaguars should be a good game. Debo Samuel's back. Both of these teams are fighting for respect. Both of these teams want to be playoff teams they were last year. Ultimately, though, I think that the 49ers need a bounce-back win, and I think that's going to come this week. The Jaguars, uh, I've seen them lose to C.J. Stroud and the Texans, and you know they've ripped off, I think, like four or five wins in a row. They're bound to lose. That's just the parody of the NFL. Give me the Niners minus three going to Duval. Down there in Jayville. The Saints at Vikings. The Saints are minus three going into Minnesota. Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut, now he is uh got a full week of practice and reps under his belt. I don't know, man. The Saints going in there and beating them should happen. I know there's gonna be hype around Dobbs, but ultimately is he's a new quarterback and he's not gonna surprise them. Give me the Saints minus three in that game. The Tennessee Titans and Will Levis go to Tampa Bay to face Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. I don't know. I don't trust the Bucks. They fought hard last week and almost came back and won it. But I also don't I don't really think the Titans are anything. Give me the Bucks at home minus one and a half. Some close some close spreads. The Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't like that spread with the Baltimore Ravens, but the Ravens have been playing really well. The Cleveland Browns defense is good, but it's a home game for the Ravens. I'm just going to take the Baltimore Ravens money line. The Houston Texans go and visit the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, I like the matchup with the quarterbacks. There should be some good QB play, but I don't think C.J. Stroud and those guys are ready to go to the cold of Ohio and knock off the Bengals. The Bengals 
look good all of a sudden. They figured it out again. Give me Cincinnati minus the six and a half. The Green Bay Packers at Pittsburgh Steelers is an intriguing game. Colton, my producer right now, is a Steelers fan. We were just talking about Kenny Pickett from my high school. I talked about him a week ago when he played Thursday Night Football. He's got extra rest. His ribs were banged up. The Steelers got to go in there and get a win on their home field against the Packers coming in. The Packers aren't any good. The Steelers should beat them by more than three. I'm taking the Steelers minus three. The Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals, the return of number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. I don't think the Cardinals are good. I don't think Murray really helps them do anything. I'm taking the Falcons to bounce back and beat the Cardinals on the road. The Detroit Lions at Los Angeles Chargers. The Detroit Lions need to go into there and uh, beat the Chargers, but I think that's an interesting game, and you got to pick some upsets. I think the Chargers, coming off of what they did against the Jets, they're going to feel like they can win. Give me the Chargers' money line against the Detroit Lions. The Giants at Cowboys spread just keeps getting larger. It's now 17.5 because ultimately there's no way the Giants should beat the Dallas Cowboys. How are they going to cover that spread? I don't know. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys cover that 17. I think they win by 20. I think they're going to be able to score at will, and I think that their defense should be able to stop Tommy DeVito and the Giants. The Commanders at Seahawks. The Commanders with Sam Howe, the Seahawks. I don't know. This is a super (laughs) mid-off. I don't know. I'm taking the Commanders there, plus six and a half. The Jets and the Raiders. Man, the Jets, all the talk around Zach Wilson this week, and the Raiders just smoking cigars. I think the Raiders are going to get too comfortable. I think the Raiders beating Tommy DeVito last week, they're getting too confident. Aiden O'Connell versus that Jets defense. He's going to be in for a rude awakening. But I'm still taking the Raiders because the Raiders are plus one. Ultimately, I think that Max Crosby is going to make it a long day for Zach Wilson. I think Josh Jacobs is going to run the ball. I think Marcus Peters is going to bait Zach Wilson into throwing him one. You might get a defensive touchdown. The Raiders are going to win back-to-back games against New York. A bunch of New Yorkers will be out there to see the game. And the Jets are going to be looking at back-to-back losses and have some real decisions to make about their quarterback, finally. The Denver Broncos at Buffalo Bills, no way in hell are the Denver Broncos going into Orchard Park and beating the Buffalo Bills, take the Bills minus seven there. That's a 13-leg parlay. If you put $10 on that 13-leg parlay, that would win you $37,966. No way in hell half of that hits. The NFL is too crazy. We don't know what's going to go on. And that's all I've got for my picks. Let's get to the rest of the calls. Speaking of money and getting the money and parlays and trying to t- turn $10,000 or $10 into $37,000, which, you know, rarely ever happens. No one does it. I was thinking about the New York Yankees and I was thinking about the money that they could cost themselves. And uh, I'm talking to my guy, Luis Haddock, on Twitter. And he said, bro, I'm sorry, but I'm scared because what if nothing happens this offseason? Then what? And I said, they know they can't do nothing, talking about the Yankees. It'll hurt their ticket sales. They're already taking a hit. Think about how many mad season ticket holders showed up this season thinking they were going to see an Aaron Judge season where he hits another 50, 60 bombs, another season where the Yankees win 99 to 100 games, win the division, go to the post. A lot of season ticket holders buy those tickets so that they have priority for the postseason. 
So there's a lot of pissed off fans that put thousands of dollars into the Yankees for season tickets, and they showed up and watched the Yankees score two, three runs or get shut out. They showed up and watched the Yankees roll out a bunch of guys where you're you're looking up at the scoreboard. You're like, who the hell is this in right field, in left field? Who are the Yankees running out there? And last but not least, there's some pissed off fans that thought that they were going to get priority to their seats in October, and there were no October postseason games. 877-337-6666. The Yankees know in their own business model, right? Having a winning record is not an accomplishment. It's a requirement. They went against their own business model by not having postseason games. So they're also hurting their own business model by having Brian Cashman come out there and attack the media, which essentially is attacking the fans. People aren't going to renew. People aren't going to show up. We'll show up for opening day because that's a holiday for us. We'll show up for opening day to kick off another baseball season in our ballpark. But if they don't actually go out there and add and fill the holes that they said they were going to fill for years and make this lineup better, make this rotation better, have some actual depth, and act like you know you're going to have injuries. Every team has injuries. And you seem to get injured the most. So stack the deck around the generational talent you have in Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, who we're, we're showing up to see those guys play anyway. We're showing up on cold day. We're showing up to see Aaron Judge hit home runs. But it shouldn't all be on them. 877-337-6666. If you don't get on with me, you'll be on with the Fleagle Man. Rocco and Saratoga, what's up, buddy? You're back on. Hey, hey, yes, Keith, 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 I am, and we're going to talk Yankees, Yankees. I'm going to teach all the young kids a little Yankee history here. It's rock on sports history. Stick with me. Now, if I gave you this team, you tell me what place you think they finished in, okay? We're going to start at catcher Elston Howard, first base. You had Joe Pepitone, second base Bobby Richardson, shortstop Bobby Mercer, third base the glove, the glove Cleet Boyer, who Brooks Robinson said was the greatest third baseman he ever saw, that Brooks ever saw, he thought was Cleet Boyer. He was a great defensive gem, as good as Greg Nettles and probably better, okay, if people know Nettles and don't remember Boyer. His brothers also played in the major Ken Boyer 64 MVP for the St. Louis Cardinals, okay, so good family history there. Outfield, you had left field, you had Roy White starting off his career in 66, but Tom Tresh was there. You had Mickey Mantle, you had Roger Maris. Okay, what place did that team finish in, Keith? Had to be first place. Keith, 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 that's why I'm there teaching you all. Last place. No way, not the New York Yankees. Not with those guys. Ten Roy play. White was on that team? Yes. 1966. Look it up right now, Keith. 1966 <laughs> Yankees finished with a 70-92 and 92 record. Last place. History lesson. Okay? Look it up. Look it up, Keith. We'll have your what did they do the next year? Up. Did Brian Cashman get the some free agents year, and get them they better? Were not much. No. Next year, not much better. They were 72 and 90, finished in ninth place. Well, okay. sh- shame on Brian but- Cashman for that, Rocco. I don't have that much time, bro. I got like 10 minutes. 
I gave you a lot of time with the history lesson. Appreciate you, though. Shame on Brian Cashman for not improving that team back in the uh, 1960s. <laughs> Alex is in Linden, New Jersey on the fan. Go for it, Alex. Hey, what's up, Keith? I'm not even sure I'll follow that call, but I'll try to be quick, man. That was a great call. Oh, my God. I just worked 15 hours today. So already in like a, oh, my God, mood, you know? Yeah, um, I know it. <laughs> yeah, I, yo, man, you grind, man. You do. Um, so I saw the Dan Clark tweet. Is he a New York porch guy now? I don't get it. Bro, I stopped. Um, I, st- I think I have him muted, actually, because he, he – what 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 does he do? Who does he write for? What is it? What are his credentials? I, he had some goofy stuff know. out there years ago. I don't even think I see his tweets anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I'm surprised he hasn't blocked me yet. I don't get vulgar with people, but the Manny Machado stuff years ago, and then he's saying he started rumors. Right, he tried to break the Manny Machado. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's when I blocked him after that because that's goofy yeah. to me. If you were trying to be – it's sources season, right? Right now it's sources right. season. If you're trying to be a fake sources guy to get likes and retweets to build your following – you're a clown. So bad. Keith, I'll uh, screenshot it and I'll put it on. I'll, 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 no, I got it. I'm looking. So, I'm, I, I follow him and he follows me, but I don't think I, I follow his tweets because he had some Fugazi stuff out there. So Yeah, it's terrible. But, yeah, um, man, have a good night and I'll call you next week, bro. Take thanks care. for the call, Alex. Let's see. So he last wrote, How Steinbrenner spoke, spoke to Brian Cashman immediately after their – after his explicitive written rant on Tuesday, apparently he is furious. There is increasing tension within the organization, most notably between Cashman and other executives and Cashman and Aaron Judge. How does he know that? And everybody's saying, who, who reported this? And they're trolling him. They're saying, thanks, Dan. What's Manny Machado's perspective on this? Ah, fake sources. What sources? Like, you can't just do that, bro. You can't. But you can. You know, you can in this modern-day internet era of anybody going online and buying a verified badge, which he has. Anybody can buy a verified badge. I had to earn mine. I had to get on radio and television before they actually hit me with a blue badge. Now I don't have one because I'm not going to pay for it. But you'll know it's me when you see it's me online. <laughs> so this guy is talking about what happened between Hal and Cash I guarantee you Hal and Cash spoke, and no one besides those two was privy to that conversation. And I also know that they're in lockstep. And in my estimation, the night that I I went on with a five-hour show, the the night um, Cash went off uh, at the GM meetings, and in my mind, in my estimation, Hal heard, or Brian heard what Hal said, and it fired him up even more to go out there and defend himself. Because Hal wasn't defending him, and Hal wasn't defending the season, and Hal, you know, his demeanor is is more docile and more laid back, and more, you know, he said the fans didn't get anywhere near what they deserved. This was horrible. This was terrible. You know, uh, his line was, you know, having a winning record is a requirement. So I think that made Brian Cashman even more upset. I think that made Brian Cashman say, "Okay, you know what? <laughs> this is you know pent up frustration. We waited." some 30-plus days to do this. These people think they're going to come at me. I'm going to come at them. I come through loaded with clips, ready. I'm going to talk about the Gallo trade. I'm going to talk about Sonny Gray, even though that has nothing to do with this 2023 season. I'm going to talk about we have the smallest analytics department. Did you know that? Did you Did you got a bet, bet none of y'all knew that? No, nobody cared, Cash. You didn't get the reaction from the crowd that you wanted. 
You know, you're, you're going to talk about, oh, we've we've got requests for guys coming in left and right. We just gave our bench coach to the Mets to be their manager. You know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of Joe Judge when he was talking himself out of the Giants head coaching job, and he was saying how, oh, we've got players that, that call me up all the time and say that they wish they were still here, want to be here. Like, what? Players don't do that? Who? List them then. Name them. Name names. What are you talking about, Joe Judge? What are you talking about? Brian Cashman. So, yeah, this whole thing is a mess, and it's just a sad state of affairs. Uh, You know, Brian Cashman did not have to go out there and curse and be mad, and I think that he took the wrong approach. After 82 and 80, he should have been humbled, but it just shows you everything, right? It shows you, like, he's got such job security that he could go out there and embarrass all Yankee fans and the Yankee organization, and he's good. He's safe. He'll be the one making all the decisions. But I said this. I like seeing that. I, I have, I've never seen him like that. I like that. That shows me he is bothered. That shows me he is uncomfortable. And when people in power feel like people are checking them or questioning them, one of, one of two things are going to happen. Either he does less and he keeps sticking to his guns and doing what he's doing and this blows up in his face and these quotes and these videos age terribly. This is going to live forever. Or he goes out and he says, I am Brian Cashman. We are the New York Yankees. I've been doing this for 25 years. I can make the trade to get Juan Soto. And in the same offseason, I can spend the money, wine and dine Yamamoto, appease him enough to make him want to choose the New York Yankees for the same amount as the highest bidder. Now you've got Yamamoto. Now you've got Juan Soto. Oh, and just for a couple more dollars, Cody Bellinger, come over here and follow in your dad's footsteps. Be a Yankee. We'll, we'll bring you in for reinforcements. And then maybe some other Cashman finds and finesses along the way. Maybe. Maybe that's the thing that we get when Cashman's pissed off, right? I know when I'm pissed off, I know when I have a chip on my shoulder. Like, my, my entire life story is people underestimating me. My entire life story is people telling me I can't do something. My entire life story is people looking down on me, treating me as lesser than, essing on me, and basically saying, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And then I plot, and then I plan, and then I perform, and then I'm on to the next. So if Cashman has that dog in him, if Cashman is like that, he is going to leave no stone unturned. He is going to spend every waking minute thinking about how to improve the New York Yankees, how to stack the deck, and make sure that we don't go even close to 82 and 80. This should be a 100-win season coming up. They should win the AL East. They should go into the postseason and make a run through October. I know it's hard to do, but it ain't that hard to do if you're the eternal GM with all of the power of the New York Yankees and you're actually pissed off that people are questioning you, checking you, calling for your job, calling for you to be fired. Turn that into motivation and make this right. Lenny's in Rockaway. What's up, Lenny? You're on the fan. Yo. Good looking out, man. Yo, you're on, you're on, you're on, you're on, you're on. Fast up on here. All right, you're out of there. I was he talking to me? I don't know who he's talking about. He said good looking out, man, and I, and I thought he was like good looking out, like thanks for taking the call. Don't worry, I'll take I'll take it from here. Like I'll take my last three minutes of my own show, my last show of the week. To close, I you know, <laughs> tried to give you the floor. The topic that he wanted to speak on 
said NBA Tourney. So today is Friday, and now we're going to see the second installment of the in-season tournament. The Brooklyn Nets will head to Boston to face the Celtics in their second game. They won their first game in Chicago against the Bulls. Now, I don't think the Knicks play in this group. No, they don't. But we will have a bunch of NBA games on starting at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 10 o'clock. That will be in-season tournament games. So don't be surprised when you see these bright-colored courts. Um, it, it's the second game of the in-season tournament. And they do this on Tuesday. They do this on Friday because they will not have to compete with the NFL. And we'll see what comes of this. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be cool. I'm trying to reserve judgment. I, 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 you know, It is what it is. We talked about it last Friday. And I won't be here to talk about it this Friday. I'm taking off. Like I said, I got to give my wife some time with the night shift, the night schedule, and the baby. Uh, you know, I I do the night, and we just don't cross paths really enough, and uh, you got to take time and do that, fellas. That'll be my last word, you know, fellas. Take time to um, sit with your wife. Take time to take your wife to dinner uh, or, or your girlfriend. You know, some of you young guys don't understand, you know, you guys are out here swiping left and chasing some of these girls and, uh, you know, sliding into DMs, your life will be a lot simpler if you just lock in with uh, the girl you like, the girl you trust, the girl you've been with, and you just start planning for the future and working on things that way. I know it seems like on Instagram you can just click, tap, and find another girl. That's not the way, bros. You'll save yourself a lot of time, money, headaches, just locking in on one. So that's a good way to end this with some real-life stuff as I'm about to drive home to my wife and my baby, my wife, who gave me my firstborn son. And as I told you, throughout my life, people hated on me, disrespect, disrespected me, didn't believe me, S'd on me, told me I wasn't good enough. My wife was in college classes with me saying, I, I think you're pretty smart. I think you're pretty talented. I think you're going to make it. So <laughs> she had an eye for talent. And now I'm proving her right every day. So that's all I've got. I appreciate you guys listening to me talk sports and rant and Take calls. That's all I've got for the week. Good luck with your parlays and your NFL teams. I think both the Jets and Giants lose this weekend, but that'll just push us forward into the NBA and the NHL season and the hot stove. And before you know it, pitchers and catchers will report and we'll be back to baseball. So call 877-337-6666 right now. Michael Fliegelman is coming up. And if you haven't heard Fleegs, Fleegs is going to be prepared. He's going to have a lot of information a lot of talking points, a lot of nuggets for you. He's a Jets fan. He's a Mets fan. And uh, I'm definitely going to listen to his show as I drive home and as I try to fall asleep by 3.30, 4 o'clock. Fleegs is filling in for C-Mac, and uh, he's going to give you guys a good show the next couple hours. So stay tuned. You're listening to the fan. That's all I've got. KM to 2 a.m. And uh, you can follow me on wherever you follow people at. And if you don't follow people, just follow the podcast because this is podcasted. This goes to uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can listen on demand. And that makes me look good if people are doing that. Yeah, and as I say that, people are hitting me on the Twitter machine. I, I'm going to call it Twitter forever. I know it's X, but I don't. I don't know why you would call it X. So dumb. Just call it Twitter. Because we're still tweeting on X. We're not Xing on X. But all right, that's all I've got. I got to get home. Got to sleep. Got to rest. 
I'll, I'll see you guys Monday. Next week's going to be a big week. I've got two five-hour KM to AMs, one on Wednesday, one on Friday, and then I've got the late show after Monday Night Football, late show Tuesday after the Nets game. I'll probably see you at the Nets game. That's an in-season tournament game. And then I'm on after Thursday Night Football next week as well. Fleegs is coming up. Call in. Call now. I'm out. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.